Hey everyone, this is Mike and you're listening to the Business Bootcamp Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about hiring, your hiring process, and more specifically exactly what we're doing this year to find the right people and get them on our team. So before we jump into today's show though, big thank you to today's sponsor. And literally as I am recording this right now, I'm getting a bloody nose. So this is pretty fantastic. Um, But I want to thank today's sponsor, which is Gusto. And it really uh, works out good because today we're talking about hiring, we're talking about your people. Uh, I really truly believe that your people are your number one asset. I hate the fact that it's become a generic term to say that and just kind of everyone just rolls that off their lips. However, I really truly believe in that and I try to practice what I preach on that on that matter. So when it comes to hiring people, we're going to jump all into that and how we're doing the process of finding and hiring the right people. But once you get them on your team, you want to make sure they stay happy. And one way to do that is to make sure that they have a very easy way to access what they're being paid, what their benefits are, and to let them keep track of their time off and things like that. Gusto allows you to do that. And they're allowing all of us listeners of Business Bootcamp Podcast to get a free 90-day trial. You cannot get this from their website. You have to put in uh, gusto.com slash bootcamp. Uh, at their website, I think they give you their 14 or 28 days a free trial. They're giving us 90 days. You can try it for an entire quarter. Uh, as you ramp up your business in 2018, I highly suggest you give it a try. It's completely free. And literally after that, it's not very expensive. It's less than hiring a bookkeeper. I can promise you that. And it's all con- it's all very, very simple to operate, but then also very compliant with the laws as far as healthcare, uh, your payroll. And it just it's fantastic. You got to try it out. If you're a small business owner, you can't afford to hire an accountant internally. I highly recommend that you check out gusto.com slash bootcamp. Now, the question is, how do you get the right people on your team so that you can get gusto and that you can uh, make sure that you're treating them correctly? How do you find and how do you hire these people? So today I'm not going to talk so much about the recruiting process of as far as getting them to come to you or attracting new talent as far as where you post ads and how that ad looks, how that job description looks, uh, things like that. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about that. I'm going to talk more about the actual hiring process. Uh, so I kind of look at it as recruiting, then you do hiring, and then you do the interviewing, and then you do the training. And training is like post, they've already signed a job contract. Uh, so... That being said, I think before you start hiring some people, you need to really formalize exactly what you expect of each position within your company. So this is something that's kind of funny because we're franchising our company, as a lot of you know, uh, our Augusta Lawn Care Services, and we will be finishing that process December 1st, 2017, so we can actually start selling them to people that are wanting them. And... uh, So in this whole process, this is a massive process that we have to go through, of documenting exactly how to run the business. So I can basically hand someone a manual. It's probably going to be like 300 pages. But it'll essentially, if they read that whole thing, they will know exactly what to do at every single turn of the road, and they will be able to know how to train their people. They will be able to know exactly what should be done in every single instance, at every single location, every single bump in the road, exactly what they should be doing. Part of that is making sure that I have every single person within the organization, I have that job description completely nailed down as far as what they do. I do a day in the life of that job description and really give them a step-by-step. Now, the thing about this is, we're yes, we're creating a franchise, but I think every single business should be thinking about their business in the terms. Like, it's helped us immensely, the process of franchising our company, because we've had to nail down our systems and not just know that they exist, but document them and then 
figure out what what areas they break in and figure out how do we standardize this? How do we scale this out? Can this work across the country? Um, and then figure out how to make it work. And so that's what we've been working on. And that's what we're going to be working on until December 1st of this year until we actually are able to start selling these things. And so I think though, even if you're not planning to franchise, which there's not a whole lot of franchises, if you look at the grand scheme of things as, as far as number of franchisors, there's something like 3000, which isn't a lot. Uh, so I don't think everyone needs to franchise their company. Uh, what I think is that everyone needs to think as if they need to to scale their company much larger, and if they need to, if they, if they they need to make it where the business is scalable to the point where if they died tomorrow, that they had a handbook that they could basically give to someone, and that person could basically read the guidebook and know exactly how to run the business. That is, as we've talked about previously on the show, that's anti fragile. That's putting making you taking you as the bottleneck of the company out when you can systematize, document, and make systems and procedures that run your business. We've talked about before, you wanna create a system-dependent business, not a people-centric business. So if you're constantly relying on great people to run your business, that can be a very, uh, make you very fragile and make you very vulnerable to people leaving, economic changes, a competitor comes up and offers all your people twice as much money. Like that those are real possibilities and you don't want to have that dependency you want to be system centric so you can take anybody and regardless if they're um, you know uh, uh 30 years in your industry or not you can give them this this manual and i'm not saying it has to be manual i'm just saying that there's got to be systems and procedures in your business that anyone can run and that you don't have to have great people necessarily to run them because it's gonna be harder and harder as the time as time goes on to find great people it's gonna become harder and harder so how do we get around the labor issue especially in my industry landscaping and stuff people are always talking about the labor issue i always think okay how can you make your systems better so you don't have to get as great people but you can make them great because your systems carry the weight so think about it like that um that being said the reason i said all that is you should be thinking your business as if you're going to franchise in the fact that you should be creating systems creating procedures creating checklists for your people so i'm giving you a little bit of backhand uh for our our uh our compensation plan, we have a one-year, two-year, and three-year compensation plan for people to have a base minimum increase in their in their compensation. So when they come here, they get a certain pay. After a year, it goes up. And then after another year, it goes up again. After that third, and that's the minimum. They can jump hot faster than those those bumps if they're going into management or doing other things within the business. But those, that's kind of the base. They can depend on knowing that that's going to happen. That being said, um, after that third year, all their ba- all their income, bonuses, benefits, everything is performance based. So every single year at their annual review, they'll be we'll be going over their different metrics that we measure, key performance indicators, seeing uh, different things that we measure throughout the year uh, to determine whether or not they're getting a raise, whether or not they're getting a bonus, whether or not they're getting benefits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the reason I said all that is when you have a when you're wanting to hire people, you've got to know exactly what you expected them and put it in an employee handbook. So I said all of that about systems and all about the compensation plan to say this, you should have an employee handbook that spells out exactly what you expect from your people, exactly what the job positions entail, what the day at your business looks like, and then all of the legal stuff too, how you can, how they can be fired. What do you, what do you allow? What do you not allow? 
there's so much that you as the employer can dictate as far as the, how things are done. And if you put in that employee handbook, they know the expectations right from the get-go. And it's not a surprise when you tell them three months in that they can't do a certain thing. So if it's in the employee handbook and they've, they've signed it and they've signed that along with their employee contract, which is basically you know, explaining their compensation plan, if they sign those two documents, you have legal binding uh, proof that they signed this, they read it, and that you can fire them if these things go wrong. And so it's legally binding. If you do it correctly, it, it will conform to, like there's so many things that are popping up now. Things like sexual abuse in the workplace, uh, harassment, uh, uh, drug abuse is a big one. How do you deal with that? And do you have a procedure in place? Like what happens? Your company, your people should know what the systems and procedures are within your business. What are the protocol for those different instances? And what happens if someone gets hurt? someone get hurt, gets hurt on the job who do they call what's the procedure what's the procedure for if someone is underperforming you know what is your performance indicating uh review or do you have any sort of performance reviews for your people like you got to figure this stuff out so we've changed our model now because at our team meeting that we had recently the guys really said hey like let's do a peer review as well as the annual review with the management so that way they can get exactly the feedback from the people they're actually working with. And we're like, okay, we'll do anonymous reviews. And then people will know what, you know, the pros and cons and it'll be anonymous. And then they were like, no, we'd actually prefer hearing directly from other people. You know, if we, we can't be man and woman enough to hear it, like maybe this isn't the place to be working. So we just listened to them. That's what they wanted. They all wanted that. And so, okay, that's what we're going to do. So we're going to do a mid-year uh, employee review where everyone gets together and kind of does a judge of each person, positive and negative, and one thing each. And then we go around and, and just figure out like that. And then annually at the end of the year, they sit down with the management, they go over what their performance indicators are, they go over compensation, things like that. So we standardized, standardized all of that. And it's in the employee handbook. So that before they even get hired, they know all, how all of this is going to go down. They know the expectations. They know when they're going to be reviewed, what they're going to be measured on things like being late, uh, their customer, customer satisfaction around them, reviews from the customer, it's all these things that we measure. How are they going to be tracked? How are they going to be reviewed during those, you know, the peer review and the management review? Knowing for them what their rights are as an employee, knowing what the expectations are as far as working as a team, we literally list the things that will get them fired immediately, what our policies are on smoking and uniform, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Make an employee handbook. Ours is 30-something pages long, but I promise you it'll save you one day. Number one, from legal issues. Number two, from someone that doesn't can't claim ignorance because they read it in the book and it, everyone is abiding by the same rules and there's never a question there's never something that happens and you're like oh i don't know how to handle this if you thought it through it'll be in the employee handbook and there'll be a procedure for for exactly how you should deal with that situation that being said the major reason i'm talking about this employee handbook is hiring so we give our employee handbook when people come in for the interview process before we even get there there's steps that we have so this year we're changing up things just a little bit. We've always done a career fair. So I'm just gonna give you a, uh, exactly what we're doing. So hopefully it gives you some ideas and maybe you just tailor this to your business and your industry. So for our business, we're doing a career fair. We're actually doing two, we might even do three. We'll just see. Uh, we've already filled the first one as of today, it filled up. And I, th I think in three or four weeks we have our second one. So we'll be starting to fill that one up. Uh, and so what we do is we have this career fair. We get every, you know 12 to 20 people inside of a room and we have uh, basically a presentation that I put on, and I talk about the history of the company, how I started it, 
you know, I talk about the why of our company. I talk about our mission, what what our plans are for the future. I really sell them on, hey, look, we're not looking to be local here. We're trying to make a f franchise that's across the entire world. It sounds cliche, but <laughs> we want to change the landscape of the landscape industry and really change the professionalism and how it's 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 really seen as an industry. And so um, I, I, I sell them on that. And re remember, you are selling when it comes to a career fair or anything like that. I am trying to sell them on how great the company is, the future that they can have with the company as we grow. I look at the projection of where we're going to go. Uh, and then I kind of, I do this thing at the end where I try to weed people out. So I kind of give all the negatives. I say, hey, look, we're not the biggest company. We aren't gonna have the greatest benefits. You might be able to get paid better at some other construction company. Or if you go to the refinery, you might get more money there. You are gonna have to be working out in the rain and it's gonna be hot in the summer and it's gonna be cold and it's gonna be snow and we're gonna be working hard. And you're, there's gonna be days where, I mean, yeah, there's gonna be days where you're working 10, 12 hours a day. Uh, and so I really try to scare some people away at the end. So I kind of sell and then I kind of draw a line in the sand, try to scare some people away. That's kind of the the general, you know, how the career fair goes down. And we try to limit it to like, like I said, 12, 15, 20 people, uh, just newbies. And then our guys are there as well, uh, just so that it's small enough of an atmosphere where our guys can connect with everyone, kind of get a feel of who's kind of the people that would mesh with our, our team. Cause that's really, really what I'm caring about. I'm caring about who's gonna mesh with the team culture. I'm not really too concerned about who has the most experience. But anyways, uh, then what we've added this year is, so in the past, what we did is at that career fair, at the end of that career fair, they could sign up on a board for a time to do an interview. Well, we've changed that. So now what we're gonna do at the end of the thing, we're just gonna say, hey, look, I've, I've, I've outlined the pros, I've outlined the, the cons of working here. If you're still interested in working here, you gotta meet us at our other location tomorrow at a certain time. So the people that wanna be working here that have gotten, you know, that are fired up and wanna work with the company, they're gonna show up. The people that have other obligations and don't wanna cancel their other schedules, don't really want the job, have five other interviews lined up the next day, like those people aren't gonna show up probably. So what we do is they kind of usually in their mind like, okay, it's gonna be an interview. I'm going to the other shop, blah, blah, blah. When they show up to the other shop, there's gonna be all the other people that showed up. I don't know how many are gonna show up. I expect out of 20, maybe 12 will show up. 12, maybe 13, 14. I'm just guessing. We'll see in about two weeks. Anyways, at that second day, we're gonna have miscellaneous tasks around the shop. They're not gonna be complicated. They're not gonna need a lot of experience to do these things, but we're gonna be able to determine who kind of plans, strategizes, and when they're thrown into a situation they weren't expecting, who adapts quickly, because that's our culture. Like our culture is not the slow, methodical, like we, we are constantly changing on the fly. I'm constantly experimenting with how we do stuff, like our automations with how the office works. Uh, our marketing, I'm always changing stuff and experience. every single week at our team meeting, it seems like there's a new big thing we're implementing or like big change we're, we're talking about because I'm constantly experimenting because as we're franchising, obviously, I need to be able to, uh, I need to create a system that is, is revolutionary and create a system that works, that is repeatable, that everyone can use and that is gonna create value beyond them just running their own business independently. And so we're experimenting with so many different things and a lot of them work, some of them don't. 
but some people would have a problem with that culture of constant change, constant adaptation, and they wouldn't be able to handle it. And so we throw them into the situation the second day, the day after the career fair, and see how they react. We see who are the leaders, who are the ones that take charge of when we, because we're just going to give them a task, not really give them a whole lot of guidelines. We'll give them the tools and the materials that they got, you know, do things around the shop, things like bearing um, some, you know, cords or, you know, organizing some things or building some small shelves, simple stuff not rocket science, but it will require them to work as a team. We'll figure out who the leaders are. We'll figure out who actually does the work, like who gets in there and actually gets their hands dirty because those are valuable. We'll also see the people who just watch. We'll see the people who get disinterested, get distracted, start yapping away and start looking at their phone. Uh, so like, it's just going to be a really cool event, I think. I think it's going to weed out more people because our whole ambition here is so I don't have to interview all 20 people because that's what would normally happen. People put ads up on Craigslist or some other place in their newspaper People contact you as the business owner and you interview every single person that contacts them or you line them up 20 a day and you do it for a few days in a row and you hopefully get one or two. What I'm trying to do is save myself those two or three days that I would usually spend interviewing by having a career fair, weeding them down, having that second day, weeding them down, and then interviewing the top four or five prospects based upon the people that have got through it, still want to work for us, still are you know, have exemplified that they can work in the field, that can lead, that can actually get their hands dirty, do the work and work with a team, be energetic. Like we can know a lot about them before we even get into the interviewing process. And what's really cool is when you come in for the interview, it's not, the, they're not a stranger. We've seen them twice. We kind of know a little bit about them. We've probably said some jokes. They kind of know about us a little bit. They know about the company. They like, so we've warmed them up already. So we can kind of really get to know them in the interviewing process. Uh, and so that's the next day. So day one is career fair. Day two is out in the field, kind of at our second shop. Uh, the third day is uh, interviewing time. So this is going to be probably five to eight employees, like, like potential employees I think are going to show up for this. We'll probably get one or two, maybe three max out of each subset of 20. So that's why we're doing a couple of these career fairs. We want to make them small, keep them small, and then uh, – like I said, I don't want to have to interview 20 people to find one or two. I'd rather interview three or four and find one or two. So that's kind of the goal here. And so in that, that third day, that interviewing process, we are also changing that up a bit. Instead of me interviewing them, it's going to be kind of my management team of us. We will all be talking. It won't be necessarily an interview. We'll just kind of be chatting it away. We will all have questions that we want to ask them. Uh, for instance, my project manager is going to be asking certain questions about maybe what they've done in the field. I'll be asking things about based upon culture and, and like how they work with the team. My office manager is going to be interested in other things. So like we will be able to collaborate. It won't be as awkward. Like the whole one-on-one -on -one thing can get awkward for some people. And then you scare away really good candidates because they're just not good with people one-on-one. -on -one. And so we're really trying to make it up. We're trying to see some people can really come to an event like a career fair and in a group of people look really good. They can really shine because they're good with people. They're an extrovert. Some people, though, they do better when they are working, like when they go out there and get their hands dirty or when they have to lead, when they actually get thrown into some sort of a situation and not just a social gathering. So that's the second day. The third day is who kind of is professional. They, they can come to an interview and do good talking skills. So like that's all important. Uh, what we're trying to do is not miss any good candidates, number one. And number two, weed out all the other people before we have to waste time on them on the interviewing process. So I encourage you, look at your hiring process. It doesn't have to be that complicated. Like ours is not that complicated, number one. Uh, you should listen to uh, Google's books about how they hire people and you will reconsider how, if you think that what I just talked about is complicated. But what I would look at is, how can you find good pre good people? This is the this is the biggest thing. 
I truly believe that candidates that see you put a lot of time and energy in the hiring process, they, they, they realize that you are putting a lot of emphasis and energy and, and importance on getting the right people and the, the good people will rise to the occasion and they'll embrace that and they'll like the fact that you're not just throwing out interviews and just like just trying to like cast a wide net they will appreciate the right people will be attracted to us when we do this new process uh and so the people that think we're weird or that thinks it's crazy that they show up for an interview and have to work those are not the people that are going to work with good with our culture anyways so if they leave i'm not really too worried um always there's uh when you start throwing monkey wrenches in the hiring process there's a there is a possibility that someone has a different job offer and they are kind of annoyed or they don't want to go through the extra hassle of the multiple days and then you do lose them that's always a possibility however you got to think again would that person have stayed with you very long anyways would they be have been the would they have been the type of person to uh fit in your culture if those few days were really all about what you, your culture is all about. For, for us, it's about um, working hard, that career fair, really emphasizing that. That second day, really stressing, like we gotta be able to be adaptable and we have to be able to work as a team. So adaptable is throwing them in a situation that they don't know about. Uh, that third day is really get to know them as a person and really show them that we care for them as, a, as an individual and that we care as for each other very, very much. And so we not we aren't just, I'm not just doing a one-on-one because I need my, pro- like my project manager needs to be on another job that day. They, you know, my, my, the, I'm taking my management team into this interview that are the highest paid individual in the company to talk to this, this person, this prospective employee, and I care that much. And so it shows the employee that we really do care. You know, we get food at the career fair. We get it all set up. We got our people there. They're getting paid. So like, it's a big cost investment uh, for a small business, but I promise you it'll pay big dividends. Uh, Once you have a few bad hires, you'll realize just how great it is to get good people. And you'll realize that it's cost a whole lot less to hire the right people doing it the hard way doing the hard way of interviewing a good process, having good career fairs, whatever you do, it's it's better to get the right people hiring the hard way than to learn the hard way and hire the wrong people. So I promise you, it'll take one sour apple for you to change your mind about your hiring process and you thinking that uh, just interviewing everyone is a good method. So I, I promise you, I'm just talking about hiring the reason, like I said, we're going through this franchising process. Everything's got to have a, a system, a manual, a step-by-step, a checklist. And so uh, I'm thinking a lot about this. But when it comes to hiring, that's our process. I hope you can get something out of that and really build upon that and create a system to get the right people on the bus, in the right place on the bus. And I promise you it'll pay dividends. So again, this is Mike Andes. You're listening to Business Bootcamp Podcast. And I want to hear your questions. I want to hear how I can help you start, grow, or save your business. I want to answer those questions here on the podcast. So go to businessbootcamppodcast.com, ask your question there, or or you can email me your question. I'd love to answer it for you on how you can start, grow, or save your business. Until next time, be great because nothing else pays.